Hey everyone, we're Brie and Haley, two friends building a safe space that feels like grabbing drinks with a friend. Come join us and let's grab drinks. Hey friends, welcome back. We are excited about today's conversation. And if you listen to episode nine, all about work boundaries, we are continuing that topic today to talk about hustle culture because we mentioned in that episode that we could go on an entire rant about hustle culture. And so here we are, we're here to do it. Brie, what are you drinking today before we get into this conversation? I am drinking a brown sugar oat milk shaken espresso, and it is giving me life today. What about you? Yes, I'm actually doing an at-home espresso today. It's a cinnamon pecan. It's a new syrup that I got. So I just had my first cup yesterday, and then today I made it with half the espresso on accident. Well, not it's afternoon, so I didn't want to be jumping off mm-hmm. the wall, but I poured the same amount of sugar, and it is super, it, it tastes like a dessert. <laughs> Cinnamon pecan, is it like a Torani? I don't know if I'm saying that brand name right. It's actually the Skinny Girl brand, like the Skinny Syrups. I like oh. theirs a lot because they straight up taste like sugar, like they're sweet, but they're not supposed to have sugar in them. I mean, there's some kind of replacement <laughs> sugar, of course, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Cinnamon sugar, cinnamon pecan sounds really good. I'll go on kick sometimes. I need to, cause I'm like, de- I'm like very low. I'm like, what to add to my coffee. I should go on it. Tor- Is it Tarani? Is that how you say it? I think it's Tarani. Okay. They have like a million flavors. I need to just go on and order a few to just restock my coffee bar. Yes. I use their peppermint syrup at the holidays. So I'll do like do it with white chocolate sometimes and alternate between mm-hmm. what Starbucks uses and Tarani because Tarani is a lot nicer on the price tag than the white chocolate from Starbucks. But yeah. So speaking of Starbucks over the weekend, you sent me a reel of a girl from Starbucks who was talking about the matcha latte and it classified as a, a, a mm-hmm. dessert because of how much sugar is in it. Yes. Yeah. And what's funny is I actually get mine sweetened. Like I do the sugar-free vanilla um, because I like a little extra sweetness, but I did not realize that it does actually have a lot of sugar in it already. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, I watch this stuff like, cause Haley and I, I'm like, we just talked about this and I'm like, crap, there's so much freaking sugar in that matcha. Like matcha is supposed to be healthy. What the heck Starbucks? Come on. I know. I was like, what? Okay. No, like it's good. But like for me, like we've talked about this, like I don't like super, super sweet stuff. And so like for me, it's like perfect. But the fact that there's that much sugar now, I, oh, I'm sitting, you know, drinking my brown sugar oatmeal shake and espresso. I probably should, should or should I, or should I not look at how much sugar is in this right now? I mean, I wouldn't. (laughs) Just don't do it. Maybe another day when I don't have it. Okay, great. (laughs) So anyway, hustle culture. Now that we've got our drinks, we're ready to jump into this conversation. So what does hustle culture actually look like or represent? Or what do you think of when someone mentions hustle culture to you? (laughs) That's immediately (laughs) I just made that sound, but that's like immediately what I think of is just like, it's, it's just too much. It's, it feels toxic. It feels just gross and unhealthy and I hate it. I feel like we're seeing, I don't know. I I, want to say, I feel like we're seeing less of it, but I think it's just because I'm filtering what I'm seeing, honestly, because I don't like, I think it's still a hundred percent out there certain entrepreneurs and certain influencers and different people like still promote it and still like talk about it. 
I just choose not to follow those type of people anymore. So yeah, I, I just, I don't feel like it's, I don't feel like it's healthy and I don't feel like it's sustainable. I feel like it feeds into so much of corporate America, even if it is like entrepreneurs, like just that mindset of like, always have to be doing more and always have to be pushing, always have to be climbing the ladder, always have to be, you know, more, 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 more. And feeds into too much of not caring enough about people and more so caring about the bottom line and not that like the bottom line isn't important and like making an income isn't important and all those things but I feel like hustle culture has just made burnout even more prevalent and I I think there's so much that goes into mental health I feel like is finally coming to more and more over the years, like more of the forefront that like we're seeing it on, you know, people talk about it on social media and on the news and whatever. And I think that's, we're seeing it more because of social media, but I feel like hustle culture um, also is a good conversation to have alongside of that because people are realizing how damaging that can be to your mental health. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I mean, basically everything you said I align with, like, that's how I feel about hustle culture. We both have lived through seasons, I'm sure. And I think too, like, I've always hated the word hustle because, well, maybe not always. I think because I've gone through my own hustle culture timeline, I'm currently at the time of recording this in like what I would call a hustle season where I'm finding my footing and scaling my business while serving my clients well and trying to find Mm -hmm. better boundaries for myself as I scale and as I bring on new clients and all those things in business like I'm doing this to get to the other side to where I don't have to do this forever like this is not the culture I want to have for my business or I want to build for you don't want it to be the norm yeah not the setting I want to create for my contractors or anyone who comes onto my team or even my clients. Because if I'm hustling, that means they are having to hustle to get to me. And like, I don't want to create that. I don't want to live a life like that. I want stability and steadiness and rest and all of those things. And yeah, that's hustle culture. Definitely. I also feel like hustle culture makes it honorable to be busy and like when you talk to it's like this stamp of pride or something like yeah and even when you talk to someone and they're like how have you been in life and you're like oh so busy like I'm trying to get out of the habit of saying that because yeah I'm busy everyone's busy but like what is that what is busy it's like I'm busy at work or in life or in Mm -hmm. life or I'm too busy to talk to you like that's what I hear when I hear someone say I'm busy yeah and yeah yeah I get that I I say it too So I'm trying to get out of that habit and I still do sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, yes, work is busy. But instead of saying that I've been like, well, you know, I've just been working works going really well. I work a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, or if I'm not working a ton, like when we went traveling to Hawaii or whatever, because that's what I want to hear. They don't want to hear that Mm -hmm. I've been busy. (laughs) Well, I think too is part of it maybe like trying to justify something. I wonder if that plays into it, especially for entrepreneurs. I wonder if that plays into like that triggered something for me. I'm like, I wonder if that plays into it of like trying to justify or trying to prove yourself 
Because when you're building a business, there's a lot of emotions that go into it. And there can, a lot of us, I feel like have felt that need to like, no, I, I have a legitimate business. This isn't a hobby. This isn't, you know, like, oh yeah, Brie with her little hobby or Haley with her little hobby. That's cute. Whatever. Like there is like, I feel like this need in us to like prove that we are serious, that this is like very sustainable, very viable what we're doing. And so I wonder, I think that plays into, at least for entrepreneurs, I bet you that plays into a lot of it. Has there been a time in your career path that you found yourself stuck in hustle culture or just honestly working the grind or whatever they say? I'm not 21 anymore. I don't know the lingo. I would say, honestly, you know, it just, yeah. I I mean, there were things that I wanted to achieve and things that I wanted to do. And, you know, when I wasn't in a place of stability income wise, Absolutely. That's where I was. That's where I I lived for a very long time. And it's, it's hard, but also like, (laughs) it's hard because you don't want to be in it, but also you have to pay the bills and you have to, you know, when you're building a business, like that's where you're at. And so I, you know, I'm fortunate that like I was able to get out of that and able to, you know, kind of recognize that like, I don't have to live like this anymore because I think that's part of it too is like when you've been pushing for so long, I think this goes for any type of business that you're in, whether it's your own or whether it's corporate. I think when you stay in that mode for so long, it becomes the norm when it doesn't have to be the norm anymore. Okay. So something you said in that was that you lived there for a long time. And when you Mm -hmm. said that, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I lived in the hustle culture. I lived the hustle life. Like that was where I stayed from gosh, 2013 till 2019 Mm -hmm. probably. Yeah. Yeah. And same. And I don't even think I talked about it too much at the time. Mm-mm. I know 2016 was a big uh, shift for me because like I, so in 20, I don't know, I started photographing weddings in 2011 and 2013, I got my first like adult job, graduated in 2014 and um, kept that adult job, but went full time. And I just like, hustled. It was 40 hours a week at that job. And then weekends I was shooting weddings or I was shooting mini sessions or I was shooting randomly throughout the week. And then at nights I was editing those sessions, doing the marketing, doing all the things. And it was like, I look back at that time. Yeah. I don't know when I had a personal life. Like I don't know when I slept and I'm someone who like eight hours of sleep I have to have. If I don't get eight hours, I'm not the person you want to be around. Yeah. And I just, I don't know how I did it. And I mean, I'm sure being, you know, 20, 21, 20, whatever that age range was, early 20s, had a lot to do with being able to manage it. But I should not have ever felt the need to do that. And like you said, I had financial goals that I was trying to get through. I was trying to like make a steady income. I was trying to grow a business without having to take it full time. But like just something, I I will say I enjoyed both jobs that I was doing. I enjoyed the corporate jobs that I was in and I enjoyed the wedding seasons, but 
it did not hit me how much work that was until October of 2016, which was when I got married. And Mm. I had the only weekend I did not have a wedding that October was the weekend I got married and the following weekend because I was on my honeymoon. I did the weekend before and the two weekends after I got back from my honeymoon. And each of those weekends, I also had mini sessions because it's fall in Tennessee. Oh my gosh. And it was like, I just bam, 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 bam. There was, I did not stop. Like, and I remember coming out of that. It was like mid-November and I'm editing. I am like every night coming home to edit. That was all I was doing because I wasn't outsourcing anything. Mm -hmm. The goal of doing all of it was to pay off my student loans. Like that was where all of that was going to. And it hit me that November. And I was like, I don't think I ever want to shoot another wedding. And I had one wedding booked for the following year in March. That was the last wedding I shot until 2018. A friend asked me to shoot in that October. I shot that wedding. And every wedding I've been asked to shoot since, I have said no. Because I don't ever want to get there again. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I, I, golly, all the pressure I just, I feel talking about it because of what I felt then. And I'm like, no one should feel the need to do that. Like, yes, I'm glad I paid off my loans early. Yes, I'm glad I hit the goals I had set. But was it worth it? I don't know. I really, I really don't. Like, I probably would have been fine going a few more years in paying off those loans Mm. or, you know, just to have every other weekend back (laughs) pretty much. It makes me think though, too. So because I coach a lot of bloggers and influencers that are not full-time and even any entrepreneurs listening now knows you can't just jump from one job straight into entrepreneurship. You have to have money, right? You have to have money coming in. And so while I totally agree that like, yeah, you went like too hard, I think for anybody that is wanting to start their own business, start their own brand, you have to, I I think what we kind of come back to is like, there are seasons for, for, quote unquote hustle, right? There are seasons for where you are busy and you are working towards a goal. However, making sure that before you even go into it, that you're aware of how busy it's going to be and that you are going into it knowing that there is a end time. So that way you don't burn yourself out, right? Because like if you had paced yourself through photography and if you had been like I'm gonna do one a month right yeah like you would probably still be doing it because you would probably still love it and you would probably still have passion for it um yeah. but because you went so hard it was just like too much and so I I think there just has to be I think without with through everything everything with hustle culture is there is a lack of balance and mm-hmm. we have to have balance in order to have anything be sustainable. And so I fully think that it is 100% possible for anybody to build a business, build a brand while they are still working a full-time job, but mm-hmm. going into it knowing that it is going to be a busier season and also to go slower. 
Yeah. And not so hard so fast. That's something like I have to like help every single person that comes in whenever I'm coaching them. The very first thing I ask them is how much time do you have to spend to work on this? Realistically, mm-hmm. I want realistic hours from you. And sometimes that's 10 hours. Sometimes that's eight hours. Sometimes it's 20 hours. It's different for every single person, but that's how like I make sure like coaching is very personal because it's not one size fits all, but you have to be very realistic with how much time you can dedicate to something and still maintain that passion for it. And like, so somebody that has eight hours versus somebody that has 20 hours, yeah, they're going to grow a lot slower. Right. But like for both people, the goal is that you maintain growth and that you don't burn out and that you don't hate it and just be like, I quit. I'm done. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's, it's so funny to me too, because when I was doing that was at a time I had zero intention of taking it full time. Like I had no desire to be a full-time You were just trying to pay off student loans. Yeah. And I I was passionate about wedding photography, but at the time I just didn't see entrepreneurship as stable, so I wasn't going to pursue it. And and I'm glad I didn't with wedding photography specifically because Mm -hmm. I I did get burnout on it, but also I realized I, I was passionate about creating images and a good experience for clients, but... I, there's so much pressure that comes with wedding photography. Like, Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) It hit me uh, when I got my own wedding photos back and I love my wedding photos, but I don't have a photo of me and my dad smiling at the camera. And it was the first thing I noticed. And I was like, I can't recreate that. And it's not that it was the photographer's fault. It's just, there's so much happening on a wedding day. Oh yeah. And I never wanted like after that, I also realized I did not want to be the person that was responsible for not providing the image that someone needed. You know, Mm -hmm. like I have a picture of him kissing my cheek and that's Mm -hmm. great. It's a nice picture, but like, it's not just me and him smiling at all. And like it, it really, that like completely changed the game for me on wedding photography too. And I was like, it's so much pressure. Yes. So wedding photographers, I'm proud of you for taking this route. (laughs) Uh, It was not for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I thought because I had the time that I needed to be doing something with it. I, yeah, I was supposed to be making money if I had availability. And there's still times I catch myself where I'm like, you and I were talking about it this morning. (sighs) I, I could get something done for a client that's, late or last minute. Should I like, Mm -hmm. I I need to set better boundaries because like today we dedicated all day, not all day, but a lot of today to recording podcast episodes. Right. I shouldn't have to, I I shouldn't feel obligated because I have time this afternoon to Mm -hmm. finish something. I should like, that should be my time because usually Mondays are my slow day. So I think that's one thing like I, I still struggle with, I struggle with people pleasing and that's where hustle culture creeps back in to make me think like, I do have the time I can get that done, Mm -hmm. but I need to stop doing that. I need to, like, I have found my own personal preference in working is like, I need time one to think about like getting a project into my doors, onto my desk and worked on. 
Yeah. Instead of last minute. But hustle culture has always taught me like, nope, you have the time. You have the time. Get it done. Get it done. You're going to be sitting on the couch tonight. You have the time. And I've got to get out of that because Haley likes her TV time and Haley (laughs) likes playing with her dogs and cooking dinner and... Because life needs balance. Life needs all of that. You have to have downtime and time away from work and even time away from like certain projects in order to Mm -hmm. come back to something with clarity and with a different mindset. And you're going to think of things, you know, that's why everybody's like, oh, I have my best ideas in the shower. It's because (laughs) you finally stopped working. You finally stopped moving. And your brain was able to think about something else for a second. That's why. <laughs> like, it. that's like a very big, clear sign of like, you need to create more moments. Like you said something, um, I think this morning about how you had an idea while you were driving and you're like, I turned yeah. off the music, which I was like, oh my God, she was <laughs> in silence. But you let your brain just be. And mm-hmm. I think that's a very, whenever we have those moments, I think the what we should do is be like is to recognize that and to be like you know what I need to do what I can to create more moments like this for myself yes okay so one of my friends and clients um Joy Michelle she runs the called to both podcast which is for Mm. business owners and moms she does stream of consciousness journaling where you like you're not writing out sentences or talking to people. You're just writing every single thought that comes out, like that pops in your head during that time. And I like, I, don't I know really if I could do that. <laughs> I want to try do it. it? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't tried it, but ever since she talked about it on her podcast, I was like, Ooh, like I hate journaling. It is not for me. And I, I feel like I could probably do that. And if I did, at least it would land somewhere and maybe I don't mm. ever come back to it. But yeah, like, which is completely I, fine. Yeah. I have ideas all the time and I'm like, what was that idea? Cause I didn't write it down, but if I yeah. did it that way, maybe, maybe good ideas would come. Yeah. Um, and, but I'd have to like dedicate that time of silence because mm-hmm. if you're new around here, I'm known for not loving silence. I don't enjoy <laughs> being, <laughs> being in a quiet room. It's it's not my thing. Like I watch TV in the shower. I put, I have a stand that hooks up to the wall and my phone sits in it and I watch Netflix. Like that is my, my shower time routine, (laughs) which, which is fine, you know, and we've talked about this before. Like there's certain things that relax you and that is your self care and that's totally fine. And that just because it looks different for other people. But I do think, you know, even if it is, even if it is that, right, it's getting away yeah. from like that hustle and that grind because you're not hustling, you're not grinding when you're watching Netflix, right? right. Unless you're literally working yeah. while you have Netflix on the background, which I do sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think it's just like that different mentality of like, yeah, I think that's just what is hard. There's definitely seasons that are busy in life right? Whether it's with your family and something personal that you have going on or whether it is with work, right? But I think, yeah, again, it's just to not stay in it when you're out of it. So like if you finish a big project, right? It's not to just like jump in, okay, what's next? I was working at this pace. I think that is something that gets a lot of people in trouble 
with clients or in corporate. Yes. Because you're like, oh, and maybe like a boss or something even. Like I think that's when you can have, you know, we've talked about how like sometimes you have to just sit down and have that conversation with your manager of like, I can't go at this pace. I yeah. Maybe I was able to push because we had to for a certain season, but this is not sustainable for me long term. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that because that's yes. what happened. Like I talked about it in, in episode nine. They're like, oh, is, you handled that? Cool. Let's just keep adding. Yeah. And you can do it for a season, but you can't do it like long term. You're going to quit. <laughs> yeah. Responsibilities, when you pile them up on top of someone and they can only handle so much, they will break. You yep. will break. And it sucks, but... Like that's the reality of it is we can only handle so much yeah. and do it for so long. And, then... and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I think, do you <laughs> I think love that's that you part of that. it? <laughs> I feel like that's part of it is feeling like there's something wrong with me if I can't keep at this pace. Yes. I think for me it was, I didn't want to feel weak or I didn't want to feel yeah. incompetent and not being mm-hmm. able to handle something that my boss thought I was able to do. But mm-hmm. your boss is not in your every single day. They don't know what you're doing every day. They hand off and hand off. And the only thing that they think about, because being from a boss, like now yeah. being in a role where I manage people, the only thing I'm thinking about is the last assignment I gave them. So oh, yeah. for mm-hmm. me, like I have, um, an assistant who has worked with me for a couple of years now, and she does all marketing stuff for me. So to me in my head, I'm like, okay, here's a new podcast episode. I need you to create show notes and graphics and all that stuff for it. That's what she's doing. That's the only right. thing she has on her plate. She, I'm not thinking about the fact that nine months ago, I assigned her to do all of my Pinterest for the rest of however long. And she has 18 pins she's supposed to create every single week. Right. I don't think about that. In my mind, the five hours a week that you have is this right here until she says, okay, well, I was able to do that and all of these, these other assignments that you've assigned to me to do on an ongoing basis, because I forget that unless she says like, I don't think there's enough hours in the month for this. And then when she says that, I'm like, you are right. I have given, given you too much to do for the amount of time I've allotted to you. So yeah. Yes. I think that's like, you know, for us having people that we manage, that's like a good reminder for anybody listening. Like you, like just for us to remember, just yeah. to tell, like, that's something I try to do every so often is like, Hey, like, give me an update. If you're ever like too overloaded, please let me know. Yeah. And then for anybody on the flip side of that, where you are overloaded, I think it's like, it's again, it's not easy to have that conversation because you feel like you're dropping the ball somewhere or like that you're not performing how you should. But again, remembering that it's not sustainable and being willing to be like, Hey, look, Mm -hmm. I thought I could handle all of this, but I just can't. So like as my manager, please help me figure out what should I prioritize? Can we get help with something else? And that's the other hard part too, is like, I see all the, uh, a lot, like, especially, you know, with my husband and his job is like, there's not always somebody and even talking with friends, there's not always somebody that you can hand something to. And I feel like, do you, have you experienced that? And like, also feel like we take on that responsibility ourselves of like, well, I can't really go to my boss because there's nobody else to hand it to. And so for some reason we feel like we have to be the ones to shoulder that responsibility when 
it's not our company. Yeah. Well, when I worked in corporate, it like it always went back to that like, will they see me as weaker or whatever if I ask for help? Um, yeah. And then it got to the point where, like, I realized when I went on vacation, my boss took over my job. Like he mm. did what I was supposed to do in those times, and yep. that's when it hit me. He could help if I asked for it. If I said like, mm. I need this, or I do think that our department as a whole could use an extra hand because when you're in big, bigger companies, as they grow, they don't realize that they need more, more people in their business. Unless you say there are too many uh, assignments to me. Like this is where I started because especially like uh, I'm going to use the ad agency world as, as an example, but like when I started in one role, I had seven clients that I worked with. Within a year, I had 21 clients. And I finally had to go to them and say, I have triple the amount of responsibility I did when I got hired on here, which is, I understand I was not going to stay at seven forever, but 21 is a lot. And I don't mind having that many clients, but our team needs support. And that's when someone else would come in. And that could mean Wait, that so they... did you have that conversation or sh- are you saying you should have? No, I did. So that was you about did. the same. Yeah. It was after the breakdown though. I should have. <laughs> I did the, I like, I'm like, wait, are we talking about me or you here? Because when I started at the marketing firm, I had three clients mm. and then I ended up at the end, I think I had close to 20. Yeah. See, and, that's, and I didn't speak up. Yeah. I, that's hard. Like, even because I look now um, just at the growth of my business. And at the beginning of last year, I had like seven clients, mm-hmm. seven. And those were um, podcast specific clients. And I had other clients that were not podcasts. But yeah. now at the beginning of this year, I'm up to 22 clients. Mm. That's a huge leap. So yeah. I have a podcast producer who works with me. And at that time last year, she had two clients. And now Mm. I think she's up to eight clients. Like we have, we're trying to evenly split so that we can grow ongoing. But like, I have to check in with her before I give Mm -hmm. her a new client every single time and say, one, can you take on this work? Right. Do you have the capacity? It's yes. But I need to check in because she may say I have the capacity this month and in three months she may not have the capacity for a new client again. And so I just, I want, like, I think that's important to have that open communication, whether Mm -hmm. you are in corporate or you are, you know, working for a small business or you own the small business, have an open line of communication because I, I just feel like I, I personally want to make my business not an environment of hustle. I want an environment of this business fuels my life. Yeah. Like not the other way around. My life fuels the business. That's not how it should be. It should be a way to make money and live a good life, not something to do in your free time because you have it. (laughs) Right. Well, let me ask this because obviously this is something that both of us has have struggled with when it comes to speaking up and saying I'm overloaded. This mm-hmm. is too much and feeling like that makes us weak, that makes us less valuable, 
that, you know, all of the things that go through our head that stop us from having that conversation with our manager or boss, whomever. And maybe this is, this is probably a conversation we should have in the Facebook group too. But like, I think, you know, what advice would you give to somebody that is currently feeling like that and feeling like I can't, I can't go to them and tell them that like, and we're not even factoring in the fact of like being a female in, Mm -hmm. you know, corporate as well. And anything that can play into that. Yeah. I, I, so it's hard because every situation is different. Every boss is going to respond differently. And I wish I could sit here and say like, oh no, they're going to have your back because that's not always the case. No, I've, I've been in situations where I even like asking for a raise. I asked for a raise one time and went to them saying like, here are all the new responsibilities I've had over the last few years. I've not gotten Mm -hmm. a raise to reflect those new responsibilities. This is what I bring to the table. I would like to ask for a raise, blah, blah, blah. I, I went in with confidence. I knew I was going to get that raise. Yeah. Did I? No. My res- the uh. response I got back was, well, you still only work 40 hours a week. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. That's terrible. I was, I was gone a month later. Absolutely. So, and I think that's something, before I get the share of the advice I want to give, if that's the response you get, you deserve a different role. 100%. You deserve a better boss. Mm-hmm. You need to get out of where you're at. Yep. And I think we live in a world where there are jobs that are waiting for you. And no one is telling us that enough. Like you do yes. not have to live in a space where you are treated like that or not yeah. valued. And I think too, that there is a lot that goes into raises, like especially in small businesses, you ha- they have yeah. to consider all the the back end things that you can't, but in bigger businesses, if you, if you can show and prove your, your value to them and prove right. that you deserve a raise, you deserve that raise. If you can't, and like, you may not be able to, but we're talking about years that I was in this role and never got a raise. Mm-hmm. So, and also like, just, you have to just ask for it too, because yeah. why is somebody going, (laughs) I mean, they should, they should have your best interests at heart. Do they? No, absolutely not. They're not going to just readily hand it out. Like I know like for a lot of companies, like you should have like a one year review or something. Um, that's kind of when like raises are given out or whatever. I feel like that's like when the minimal amount of raises happen. I don't know. I, and again, I don't have a ton of experience in corporate, but just from a human perspective, I don't see why it's bad to go midway through the year and have the same conversation. Yeah. If you've ta- if at any point in the year you have taken on more responsibilities and have not been compensated for it accordingly, mm-hmm. then you should not wait an entire year to speak up and say something. Yeah, I, I, I just agree. Don't, I don't think you should. Why, why, why do that to yourself for an entire year? Mm-hmm. They're not going to back pay you <laughs> and they're not They're not going to also be like, Hey, like, you know, three months in, you're doing a great job. Let's give you a raise. No, you have to ask for it. Yep. And that feels uncomfortable, right? It, it does. Mm-hmm. And I, I hate that it does. I wish there was more, 
at people talking about it, which is why I'm glad we're talking about it. But also like, I wish more people would talk about it. I wish it would like be something that came up in college. Like, I don't know, like that you are, you know, that you need to stand up for yourself and that, you know, companies can't keep piling on you just to save from them having to go and hire somebody else. Like that just feels like it should be illegal at some point. I don't know. You know, like it just doesn't feel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think if someone is like approaching that conversation, um, mm-hmm. what I would do is one, write out exactly what you want to say. Yes. Because you will forget. It doesn't mean you have to read it to them. No. But go in with. You can go in with notes. You can go in with notes, but I would also go in with a letter, like something in writing, and you follow it up with an email of, here's the letter I wanted to give you, and it covers everything I'm about to discuss. It can be closed. They don't have to read it right there. But that way, you have outlined everything that you Mm -hmm. believe qualifies you for that. And even if it's not just asking for a raise, maybe you don't want to ask for a raise and you want to ask for help. Like I'm not coming to you asking for a raise. I'm coming to you telling you our team needs more help and make it about the team. Because most of the time, if you're in a department of other people, Mm -hmm. you're not the only one feeling it. And maybe you have to be the one to go and advocate, make the stand and advocate and be the voice for your team Mm -hmm. without, because the last thing you want to do is like go to all your coworkers and bitch about it. And then yes. everyone take it to the boss because then they feel ambushed. Like hundred oh, percent, you can have these conversations and get feedback from other people and you don't have to throw them under the bus, but you can say like, right. I noticed that so-and-so is working overtime. Every time mm-hmm. I leave the office, she's still here and I'm leaving late. Like those are things that you can note to your boss. But make sure that when you are approaching this conversation, you have the data, the facts, the points of reason to back everything you're saying. Because if you just go in and say like, okay, I think we either, we need to hire someone. They're not going to know. Like go in and say, I'm over, I'm working overtime and not getting compensated for it. I think our team needs support. I'm working I have 15 more tasks a day than I did six months ago. Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks like, I think just going in and backing it up with the, the information that they need to know is the only way they're going to hear you. I think that's great advice. And that's also if they have somebody that like maybe your boss can't make the call of like approving the budget to hire somebody else, they're going to have to collect the data to go to their mm-hmm. manager to be like, hey, my team needs this. So they also need that from you in that aspect too because maybe they don't have the authority to hire somebody else on, but they need the data from you and from your team to be able to go advocate to get you guys more help. Absolutely. And I think too, it it could even be a temp role or a part-time role. Oh, sure. Like you're not necessarily asking for full-time. You're just asking for support of like, this is something that has fallen onto my plate mm-hmm. that isn't actually what like I'm overqualified to do because that happens a ton too of like, yeah, they could be using their resources more efficiently and just not knowing it. And I think that's a great, <laughs> a great place too for someone to come in and like a business auditor, 
We used to have those in the agency world yeah. where like a consultant would come in and get to know the departments and what they're doing. And it, it felt intrusive for the employees, mm-hmm. but that person was there to help the employees. They were not there to talk I bad about them. I think that would be the coolest job. I know. I've always thought like, oh my when gosh. I get, when I get old enough and get more experience, that's what I'm going to do because I would love to do that. <laughs> And okay. I know you have to That's go into that. <laughs> there we go. New business. I think you have to do a pro like they, those people have to approach it very carefully because it can immediately feel like the opposite of like, oh, they're trying to eliminate roles. Yeah. Like, I um, think that's what everyone's so nervous about, too. And like, yes. I've I've had the consultants that came in to do that who were great. And I've had the ones that came in to get a job like they wanted to to pitch themselves for a job and oh weird that one yeah I so I think it depends on the consultant but it I th- I think it's a really um valid option if the agency or job or corporate role or whatever is big enough to to do that and can benefit mm-hmm. from it so oh yeah for sure if you're a manager at a job and you're like, <laughs> oh that's a great idea do you're it. welcome <laughs> do it Hey friends, it's Haley. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We actually got so into this conversation that it went a lot longer than we thought. So we're breaking it into two parts. Make sure you join us next week for episode 12, which will be part two of this conversation around hustle culture. We'll see you next week. Thanks for grabbing drinks with us today. Let's Grab Drinks is brought to you by Bossy Life Co. You can find show notes at letsgrabdrinkspod.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Cheers, Cheers friends. friends.